0: This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse.
1: Mary Holm is a financial author and journalist and she's in with us every couple of weeks to talk money today looking at the results of a new survey by the Commission for Financial Capability. In fact, um a couple of prize winners to announce first, Mary.
0: Yeah, yes. Well last time, Jesse, we did this financial knowledge quiz, remember? It
1: was great fun. And
0: it was. And um we had we well, you talked me into giving away a couple of my books, which yeah. was which was brilliant, I was. We bullied um, some would say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my book, Rich Enough. So we, we we got two winners. I think you've got the name of one of them there, have you?
1: Jordan uh, Jones of Inglewood. Well he, done. Yes,
0: Jordan was one of the people who got them all right. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was you mentioned that there was there were some people who got quite a few wrong mm. and you thought maybe they needed the book more. And yeah. so afterwards I thought that that's good thinking. So we 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 also sent a copy of the book to somebody else that we think it might be diplomatic not to name yeah. her, but um but I hope the book is helpful to her too.
1: Thanks for doing that Mary. Yeah. Well there was an um, objection to one of the answers in the quiz I think. Yes
0: there was yes yeah um some people said we should have taken into account tax withheld on savings account and that's a fair point. The commission, when they did the survey, they didn't do that, and I didn't even think of doing it. But to, to those listeners who did take tax into account, was holding tax into account, that answer was correct too. Okay. Let's just say that. But then there were a couple of other um, people who texted into you who had sort of more strongly worded objections
1: to this. Yeah, sorry, you had to um, read those, Mira. <laughs> I think they were. I
0: was look. I they get, were lumped
1: in with the winners that I sent you. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and I get the get you know that on my Herald column sometimes too. And it's all it's all good fun. You develop but, thick um, skin, being in the public I, you, eye. You do, don't you? Yes, yeah. But just before, um, I thought it might be interesting to read those couple of comments out. But firstly, I just want to say the context of it. We were talking about gender differences in the findings from the commission commission survey. And they, what they found is twice as many men as women got, every, got them all correct and the gender difference increased with age. So the younger men and women were equal, but then the men got wiser as they got older and the women not so much. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you got to women over 65 or whatever, they were way behind the men. And... Um, Women who have children have lower scores than women without children. And single women with no kids had, did the best of all, of all the women. And on the strength of my pointing that out, there were a couple of texts that you might like to read out. from
1: Mary, this. implying that women are lazy and leaving the financial labour to men is anti-feminist and it's plain wrong, etc.
0: Yes, yes, and then there was another one.
1: What um, I actually... Oh, sorry. Please, please join the dots and stop reinforcing misogyny. Is that the
0: one? Yes, that was one. And, yeah. then, and then another one was, in capital letters, stop blaming women for, all, for, for their inequitable place in society, Mary. Oh,
1: sorry. They yeah,
0: are doing Bellman. all the housework. And don't have time to read the financial pages, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh gosh, So I went back and actually listened on the podcast. I,
1: honestly, I have to do that myself do, sometimes. Do you yeah, listen. Did, did I really say? say that? Yeah,
0: and and what I said was that I was worried that women are still relying on their men to run the money, and some women tell themselves money is too hard, and therefore they can feel trapped in a relationship because it's hard to leave if they feel financially incompetent, um, and and all of that's true and i 'm sorry if it upset some listeners, but I think you know we 've got we've, it 's very important that we face the fact that women aren 't doing as well as men in their financial knowledge rather than just not talk about it mm. it 's much better to talk about it and then um, hopefully do something about it yeah. um, so so apologies yeah. if I upset some people but um, there were there were a couple of more positive messages. Oh, there are lo- always then. are loads more positive <laughs> texts,
1: like this one. Yes. Uh, I didn't get organised to text my answers, but I'm a 76-year-old female who raised three children and I got 100%. Yes. And someone else got 100% uh, says, I'm 71. And I wouldn't have scored so well prior to my husband passing away four years ago, but needs must.
0: Yes, that second one's interesting, isn't mm. it? And, and so she is saying that when her husband passed away, she had to learn more about... Finance And I would just urge women, please don't wait until that happens. I mean, that must be horrid. You're facing the death of your partner and then you're also facing worries about your money. Mm. Um, it really puts women in a weak place if they don't feel in control of the finances of the, of the family. So please get in and, and um, try and remedy that. Which leads us into the, the another survey that the Commission for, for Financial Capability has done. On money and relationship problems. Yeah. And some quite interesting findings there. They found that one in five people had relationship problems with family partners, <clears throat> with partners, family, or close friends due to financial concerns. So the money problems were quite common, especially with the young. The age 18 to 34, about a quarter of those people have. Financial problems getting in the way of their relationship. By the time you get to sixty-five, it was only seven percent of the mm. people, which is interesting that it, it just decreased over over the years. But I suspect that's probably partly because the ones that did have money problems broke up, <laughs> and the, the ones that are still together, you know, um, yeah, maybe is, is possibly partly. Or what maybe happened. you learn to
1: live with the quirks of your partner. Yes, um, yes. You know, I. Probably. Some people might think one in five is a bit lower than expected. Yeah, I, I, I look it's a these big surveys. Of stress,
0: isn't it? It, it sure is. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. These surveys are sometimes very dependent on ex- exactly how the the question is worded. Mm. Um, more to the point, though, there were some quite interesting sort of points about who did worse and then what could be done about mm. it. That might be whether, regardless of the percentage of popu- the yeah. population, um, they found that there were higher rates of of financial problems hurting relationships for people with children um, zero to four years old huh. which is you know that's distressing. that it's hard enough with little kids and, and you've got financial yeah. problems as well.
1: But also, um, you know, if you got and if you're not getting any sleep, everything in your life seems more stressful. Absolutely.
0: It? That's definitely part of it. And possibly also um, quite often one partner's <clears throat> not working. Um, uh-huh. To help look after the kids, yeah. and that probably adds to the financial stress as well. Um, yeah, so so there was an interesting thing on income though. The the there were there was problems if your income was low, but then the second highest group for having marital problems to do with money were the people that were making more than one hundred and fifty thousand. So wow. go figure. I mean, who knows what. That was about mm, the people in the middle weren't so bad. So huh. there's some sort of quite big yeah. financial problems amongst the richer people as well. Um, conflict was more likely if there was a lack of long-term financial planning, which is predictable, propensity to spend rather than save, um, and a reluctance to discuss money. And those are all fairly predictable, I suppose, Um the, the Commission quoted some interesting American research, I thought, that said um, financial disagreements, especially perceptions of partners overspending, were more likely to predict divorce. So you've got couples fighting over one of them saying the other one's spending too much, which is probably quite common particularly
1: yeah. in that $150,000 plus category yeah, as well. Maybe that's where those problems are coming in. Yeah,
0: possibly. Yeah. They just um
1: not necessarily yeah. that you don't have enough to make ends meet, but that um somebody's spending
0: more yeah. than you
1: would really like to be spending. More
0: than the other one thinks they should. It, yeah. It's just um, it it just takes me back to a conversation recently with a woman who was a very successful career woman, mm. but she and she and her partner were quite wealthy. But he said, you're bad with money, and so don't I don't want you to have anything to do with the money. And she said, um, I said, well, does, what does bad with money mean? Do you spend a lot? And she said, yes, I do. And so the, the couple was sort of, that's where they were at. And I, I felt that she kind of might want to actually leave the marriage. She wasn't that happy in it. But she said, I don't know anything about our finances. I just don't feel I can go. What were and, their names? Uh, Fred and Fred and Susie. Okay. Yeah. That's um, nice names. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so moving along but but I mean it really is food for thought that that whether it's the man or the woman, and certainly in some couples the woman runs the money, there's no doubt about that. It goes both ways, but it's really important for both of them to understand their financial situation and it's not that hard. It, it, you know, finance money's not that hard. No. Um What you can do about it, there's some interesting... um, The Commission quoted some interesting research by a woman called Linda Scogrand. I don't know anything about her. But she said the financial recipe for a great relationship is having little or no debt or planning to pay off your debt, number one. There were four things. Number two is equal access to financial resources. So you can't have one partner able to spend money and the other one's not really, that's not, I mean it's actually I think it often works quite well for each partner to have some money that they can just spend whatever way they want yeah. and not answerable, yeah. um, but it's got to be equal, um, keep each other informed about all financial developments that's pretty obvious and do not make large purchases without the approval of the other partner um <clears throat> I think I told you, you know, a couple of years back about my friend's mother when I was a kid, who bought a house at an auction without her husband knowing, because she wasn't planning to buy it, but she thought it was such a good price that. She, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, that um, happens today, the, I can <clears> tell you. I've heard a couple of those stories recently. Really, as well, really. That one partner, please. you know, they were in the market. But um, in fact, yeah, I've got to say, two two close couples that I know. Really. Yeah, the yeah. the one they just trusted the other one to make the decision and bought it without the other one seeing it.
0: Well, I suppose if. They were, the other one already in, in the case I'm talking about, they they weren't in the market for buying a <laughs> house. You know. uh, she just It's a bit of, different, just, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but but in your in, in your situation, that could be really good reflection of the trust they have in one another yeah, and the knowledge they so. have with 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 um, yeah. their whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of other points sorted. The sort of has got quite a lot of tips on how to have a successful money conversation. If you go onto it and do a search on the word talk, I was looking at Upcome, um, just tips on how to open that conversation and get things going. Um, We've got time for a few, few more tips from Sorted. They say, avoid the blame game. First, find some common ground and design a basic budget for those things you agree on and then build from there. So rather than sitting there and saying you spend too much on this or you're too mean, I mean, on the the other side of spending too much is that some people are too mean, yeah. you know. They they want to save too much for their retirement or whatever else and they're not enjoying life in the meantime and the, there's certainly an argument that way. But so sort of saying don't um, get into blaming one another. Instead, find what you do agree on and start from there and and build from there. And then another thing, which is pretty darn obvious, is that it's important to be honest. There's no point in hiding things like debt. They're saying, come clean and get it all over with in one conversation. Um, and, and, look, that probably is the case with some people, that they've got debt and they haven't told their partner. But, I mean, that can't... In the long run, that's just not going to work, is it? These things get found out and yeah. horrible stuff. And and then finally, and I thought this was a really important piece of writing. This is how they sort of are defining financial abuse. They say if your partner is controlling your money running up debts in your name or stopping you from being financially independent or earning your own money that's abusive make sure to get help Um, they're saying that you are actually being abused by their definition Yeah. Yes. That's
1: good strong language for a government Sponsored site, yeah, it isn't, is, it? isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
0: it's very honest. I think um, one just one other point: money talks. All one word. Their website um, they they offer free financial mentoring to everybody, um, anybody who comes along, and they and they have mentors all over New Zealand. It's not just in the big cities. Um, so if you have a look on the Money Talks website, because a lot of couples might find that it's better to actually talk their money differences through with a, a third person there a, a mentor to stop them stop them from. Being too horrible to one another, or to to just point out that, you know, the basic issues they've got. Yeah. A few interesting texts
1: in in here. Um, I often ask my wife to sit down at the table and go through our financial situation and the options, the incoming and the outgoing, but she finds it all a bit tedious and boring and upsetting, so we tend to avoid it.
0: Yes, yes. And in the short run, yes, that probably does make things more harmonious, but um, I just say to the the woman in that one, please, please be brave. It's honestly not as hard as you think. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't find it surprising conflict is related to wealth, says Karen. Money is power and obviously a source of conflict too.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting point. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, that will probably do it. Thanks. Um, Mary Holm, thank you for coming in. It's a pleasure, Jason. Yeah, Mary's in every couple of weeks talking money here on RNZ National, and her book is called Rich Enough, A Laid-Back Guide for Every Kiwi, and well done to Jordan and that other winner.